Welcome to the Battle Plan Marketing Podcast for Contractors. Get actionable advice and tactics on how to grow your home service company. Plus interviews with industry experts dropping value bombs in marketing, sales, and operations. And now, let's power up your home service biz with your host, Mark Ambrose of Battle Plan Marketing. All right. Hello, home service pros. Welcome to the Battle Plan Marketing Podcast, episode number 89. Today, we ask a question. Why are you excluding about 20% of your potential prospects, right? You've invested hard-earned money in your website, marketing, advertising, your reputation, and yet you're probably not even aware that you're excluding about one out of five of your potential prospects who happen to have about $500 billion in after-tax disposable income. The reason? Because your website is probably excluding the one in five U.S. adults that live with a disability, either permanently or temporarily. That's roughly 61 million people with nearly $500 billion in after-tax disposable income for working-age Americans with disabilities. And your website is most likely unreadable or unusable to most of them, and therefore ignoring them and making it unable for them to do business with you. Not something you intended, but think about those numbers. One out of five of your prospects are more than likely unable to do business with you because of your website. These are people who are visually impaired, photosensitivity impaired, hearing impaired, have some sort of limited mobility, and some speech disabilities, or some combination of those. And yet another reason to make your website accessible to these folks is to avoid lawsuits which are growing across the country. It's easy money for lawyers. 98, over 98, 98.1% of homepages had detectable web content accessibility guideline failures. And that's the web content accessibility guidelines are the what's currently being followed in the USA. So WCAG is acronym for that, 2.0. So those stats are from recent 2022 tests of 1 million U.S. websites by the WebAIM Project at the Center for Persons with Disabilities at Utah State. Not only is your website excluding the 61 million prospects with nearly half of $500 billion in purchasing power, but it's also leaving your company exposed to lawsuits and vulnerable to them, or settling out of court more than likely. So last year, 2021, 2,352 web accessibility lawsuits were filed, according to Accessibility.com. Most of those lawsuits were filed in New York, Florida, and California, and the great majority of those lawsuits were settled out of court to avoid the high cost of litigation. And so, and precedent has been set. So, It has been deemed that websites in the U.S. serving U.S. consumers must be compliant with the WCAG 2.0, which again is Web Content Accessibility Guidelines. And so, so far, the general agreement is that a website belonging to a business with a public-facing brick-and-mortar presence is covered by Title III of the American Disabilities Act. 
which extends to this WCAG 2.0. And that's from the American Bar Association, the source of that information. So if you wish to avoid litigation and make your website more accessible, the working standard for digital accessibility is this WCAG or the Website Content Accessibility Guidelines. And that's in the U.S. and Canada. So four principles of WCAG, Website Content Accessibility Guidelines, are they must be perceivable. So users have to be able to perceive the information being presented. It has to be visible to all of their senses. It must be easy for them to see and hear the content. It must provide text alternatives for non-text content, so images and multimedia. It must provide captions and other alternatives for multimedia. So that's under the perceivable. I'm just touching on some of the rules. It must be operable, number two. So navigation throughout the website must be operable from a keyboard without a mouse, which most websites fail. It must give users enough time to read and use the content. So slideshows and auto-playing video, big no-no. Don't use content that causes seizures. So flashing images, quick flashing videos, lights and video. You have to be careful on what you're using as far as video is concerned, especially. Don't use capture or recapture, which is spam fighting software from through Google, right? Because that requires, in most cases, depending on the version, but a lot of people use the recapture that requires visual identification of images, right? Where the uh, three fire hydrants or which of these pictures have mountains or hills or whatever. So instead, you have to use hidden capture, right? So Google has a version of hidden capture. It's keeping a log of abusers and sites that are abusing it in the background and blocks as much spam as it can. But in the foreground, there's no images for any for the user to click on and identify. And another alternative is you could use test questions. A one plus three equals four kind of thing, right? Or you can use spam fighting plugins like Akismet. I don't know how they pronounce that. A-K-I-S-M-E-T or Clean Talk is one that we use. There's others out there so that they're working again in the background. There's no foreground questions, or you can use questions, excuse me. There's no foreground visual identification in order to access the form or submit a form. Other tips, and we get it, right? So form spam is a big problem on most sites, on all sites, really. So ways to reduce form spam or again, using like Clean Talk or one of these spam fighting plugins that do not put a visual uh, screen up in front between the form being able to submit it and the user. Other tips, if you have a lot of spam problems, is to contact your hosting company. So now we're, this podcast is all about local service companies, right? So if you're a local service company, you don't need traffic outside of the country. So you can contact your hosting company and ask them to block all traffic from the places where spam come, a lot of spam comes from. So China, Russia, Germany, Mexico, Dominican Republic, Saudi Arabia, India, Nigeria. So again, you could just contact your hosting company. They can block the traffic from all of those countries and you will find your spam, your form spam, your website spam reduced dramatically. 
Of course, don't block traffic from those countries if, if you do business with people or businesses in them, right? So if you're an e-commerce or some other kind of company, don't use that guideline there, right? Part three of WCAG guidelines is to make your site understandable. So the text has to be readable and understandable. And there's been a uh, kind of older trend, but there's still a ton of websites out there where that use text that is too light colored in comparison to the background. So color contrast of text is a really big deal for WCAG guidelines and it requires a 7.1, 7 to 1 contrast ratio, right? And also the size of the text, right? Content also needs to appear in predictable ways. So you've got your title, your heading, your H1 tag, and then subheadings, right? So arrange the content in an appearance that makes sense, right? So headings, subheadings, body text, right? Video and audio have to have text alternatives that can be read by the accessibility tools or have a video having closed caption right? For people who have hearing impairments, uh, but can see, right? Internal linking within the site from one page to the next. Don't use anchor text that says click here or read more. You want in the body where you're linking internally, use descriptive, what they call anchor text. That's whatever words become the link. Make sure those are using descriptive words of, of where they're going. Where does that link? Is it going to take me to a page? So describe that page where it's taking them to. And then on your forms, make sure the fields in the forms are labeled, right? So the name, the email, phone, a message box, whatever. So within the, the form field itself, make sure that that is labeled and can be read by a screen reader. And then the last requirement is uh, robust. The, the site must be robust. So it needs to be interpreted reliably by a wide variety of user agents, right? So these are some of the key points of the WCAG guidelines. There's several solutions you can choose to make your site compliant and more importantly, make it accessible to one in five American who are your prospects that you're currently excluding. Right. So you can have your site audited and manually coded to be accessible. This usually carries a very large costs and would have to be updated frequently for all the new content you put on the site and any changes that occur in the WCAG guidelines. Right. So your next option is the one that we use, and that's uh, you can use an overlay tool, what's called an overlay tool that gets installed on your existing site. And that tool allows your site to be read better by either screen readers, but also allows the users to use the overlay tool itself to change a host of settings, contrast, text sizes, so on and so forth. And it changes how your site displays to make it friendly to their unique needs, right? And there are several overlay tools on the market. We did our own research. We use a tool called Accessibly for both our site and our client sites. Our research showed it to be the most robust and inclusive option. And it's also super simple to install and make your site compliant in just minutes, literally. All right. So we'll put an affiliate link in the description below. So again, it's Accessibly. I believe accessibility.org, but again, there'll be an affiliate link in the description below, or you can just Google it if you don't want to use our affiliate link. That's cool too. 
right? So in summary, making your website accessible to every American is not only just good business practice because you're currently excluding one out of five, but it's also, of course, the morally right thing to do, right? So open your business to every American who may need your services and stop excluding unknowingly, but now you know, (laughs) about 20% of your prospects can't do business with you, even if they wanted to. And they've got almost a half a trillion dollars of expendable or disposable income. And so it'll also enable you to get a leg up on your competition too, right? So if 98% of websites are not accessible to these people and you make yours do that, so then you are a step ahead and you get to shine above the rest of your competition locally. All right. All right. I hope that helps some of you out there. It's a short one, but really important, right? So you're investing all this money in acquiring new customers and quite honestly, holding on to existing customers, but your website is more than likely not accessible to these people and therefore frustrating to them and they leave and they're looking for a local competitor where their site may be accessible and they will win that business 100% of the time, more than likely, over yourself. So A, open up your business to everybody out there who can potentially be a customer and B, make the website accessible to everyone. It's not cool if you are visually or hearing impaired or temporarily or even permanently mobility impaired, which makes uh, surfing the web finding information, uh, being entertained, all the things that the web offers, inaccessible to one out of five of us. And that's just not cool, right? So do the right thing. Open up your business to everybody. I hope that helps some of you out there. Protect your website also and your company, of course, from unnecessary lawsuits and litigation. Running a business is hard enough without having to defend it in court or just pay money out to settle it and prevent the hassles of going to court. All right, if you like what you heard, please rate, review, subscribe to our podcast so you get notified of future episodes. Feel free to share this one on social channels. We'll see you in the next episode. Good luck out there and create a great day. Thanks for listening to the Battle Plan Marketing Podcast. To power up your home service business, for show notes, visit battleplanmarketing slash podcast. If you enjoyed our show, please share it on social. Until next time.